What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Naime, and Kim with Digging with Naime. If this is your first time on the pod, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back, family. Hey, Kim, how are you? Hi, everybody. I am wonderful. How are you, Naime? Uh, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm good. I have a question for you now. Mm -hmm. So I have been asked this multiple times um, within the last couple of days. For those of you who don't know, the lottery went up to like a billion or something like that. And so everybody's making a big deal of it. Um, It reminds me of Lottery Ticket almost, that movie with Bow Wow. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, everybody's like, are you going to play the lottery? Are you going to play the lottery? I was like, I honestly have zero desire to play the lottery ever. Um, Because I don't know if y'all know this, but if you look up stats of people who done won the lottery – there's a lot of bad things that be happening to folks. Like, <laughs> you mean like afterwards? Yes. Like, if you like, just go and um, just like do like a, a research of lo- previous lottery winners, girl. They stuff be happening to them. I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I looked it up because I was curious because I don't. I, I do you know people won. Yeah, people win, but you got to pay them taxes. Yeah. But <laughs> imagine paying taxes on a bill taxes on a billion dollars. Correct. Anyways, so um my question to you is would you play the lottery? I've never played the lottery. Okay, so that answers my question. Yeah, no. I, I my parents do. I feel I don't know which one they do, because there's like multiple, right? There's the mega million something and then there's another one there's two or three right you know more than me you know the names i don't even know that part. well no i just googled it that's why i always have my computer in front of me when we do this um but i know it comes the the government puts money in it really that's so interesting i do remember one time i was away at college um in a different state and my brother he calls me and he's like Yo, I just won the lottery. Da 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 da. And I'm like, what? He's like, I just won the lottery. Are you kidding? How much me? did he win? And I was like, you won the lottery. He's like, I did. I'm like, well, how much was it? This boy gonna say some twenty five dollars. I was like, if you don't get off my lawn. Oh yeah, my parents. My parents win that all the time. They win money. Yeah, but get no. Off of my phone, please. Because like, there's the Powerball, the Mega Millions, the Pick. My my parents do the Pick and they do the Powerball. Because I've done, I'm looking at it right now. But yeah, so our government, our Arizona government puts money aside specifically for this. Interesting. Which is, which I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's good or bad, but imagine $1.28 billion going and being split amongst schools, like instead, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that we do this. I don't know. Right. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Because realistically, a lot of the money comes back with taxes. Oh, yes. Oh, indeed it does. Like, imagine paying taxes on a billion dollars. Even when you think of um, those shows like, so my lifelong dream is to be on The prices Right at some point. Um, I wanted to do it when Bob Barker was the host, you know, but whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, The Price is Right, those prices that the people win, they have to pay taxes on that junk. And so I'm like, Imagine if your income just doesn't change and you just won a $50,000 car. You got to pay taxes on that bad boy. Yeah. 
like it's it, it nothing is free in this world nothing but the love of jesus it's just interesting how we how we do this and and then realistically if you've never been a billionaire and you win a billion dollars you don't know how the billionaires hide their money mm-hmm. so you can't even do the tax cuts Girl. not only can you not do the tax cuts but the government now is staring at you waiting for their money back hey what you got for us girl the funny thing is that actually brings us into my next point so i wanted what are we not gonna talk about the film we are i thought it was a kim takeover yeah so you you do this is gonna be real quick okay I didn't know. When I say takeover, I don't know you still mean to do your little segment. I should do a segment when you do a takeover instead. Then you probably should. I don't be interrupting you. Like, so are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, Mm -hmm. I do not. Anyway. All we do is argue on this thing. Why do we have all we do is argue in real life? (laughs) God, that's true. (laughs) Go ahead. Just get on my nerve. Uh, I wonder if people who don't know us, if they were to see us, like, why are these girls? <laughs> anyways, anyways. Why are they always arguing? Right. Like an old married couple. Anyways. Uh, so on my job, um, for those of you who don't know, I work in marketing. And um, when people hear marketing, they think of like sales and whatnot. No, I don't do that kind of marketing. Um, but I work for a, a large corporation where we do like commercial, we do um, magazine, we do print ads, all, all of it, all of it. Um, and so my job required us all to do like a like personality assessment test, strength finders. Um, I'm sure some of you have probably done it. Like a lot of corporations do it. Apparently it's supposed to be like the tests for like you know how everybody was all crazed about the five the five love languages and all of that this is supposed to be that but for business um so if you've never taken it before I wonder why but because <laughs> I feel like I've taken it a couple times but anyways it, it or some version of it it might not have been the actual one but some version and Naima you've taken it yes yeah I have multiple times Awesome. Okay. So one part that came with this test that we had to take is a four hour class. It was, it was intense y'all. It was a four hour class that we had to learn about all these different trades and what they mean. And uh, they basically told us, it was this woman who basically taught this course um, for like over 20 years or something like that. But what I found interesting is she said, no matter what, the gist of the test is you're supposed to answer these questions as quickly as possible. It's supposed to be your first nature, like what your natural reaction is. Um, you don't have time to think it's timed like each question. I don't even remember the seconds, but it does go uh, fairly quickly, but it's supposed to be just your initial reaction. What she told us was that she has very, very rarely ever seen um, someone's five characters top character strengths change like even if they take it years apart from um another even if they um try and purposely change their answers whatever it is it just comes out like it's supposed to like people she said she's had people try to change it um she's had people try and take the test six times before because they didn't want to be whatever they were being told they were um she was like but just trust me when I say like, this is, this is like who you are kind of a thing. And so I wanted to find out, Naime, what are your five strengths and can you explain them 
us? Mm, I don't know if I can explain them. You might have to explain them because you have the book. So the first time I took this, I took it. Um, when did I take it? The first time I took it was in 2000. Irrelevant. 14, sorry. It is actually relevant. 2014 was the last time I took it. And then I took it in 2018, I think. Um, or maybe Strength Finders was once. Anyways, I can say them because Kim and I went through them and she helped me find mine. Um, but she, if you can read what they were, or maybe oh, you're going to have Just tell me, just tell me what yours were and I'll read oh, them. No, I got it. Okay. So mine are all under influencing. Um which influencing is just as, as it said, right? Being able to influence people. My very first one was a woo and a woo. You want me to read what all five are? Like explain. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to read the full like paragraph, just like a summer. Yeah. So, um, a woo is basically a person who loves the challenge of meeting new people and winning them over. So being able to basically make friends, which is like my thing. Um, I don't remember what order. I just know Wu was my very first one. I'm not sure what in order. This other one was an activator. Um, an activator is someone who is talented at making things happen. Um, so p- putting into action. So turning thoughts into action, which I'm really good at, at the execution of things, right? So when I think about my dance intensives, when I think about um, the shows I've put on, different things like that. So I bring a thought and, and activate it into an action. And I'm really good at that. My next one, again, I don't know the order of them, but command. Um, <laughs> so command is um, people that have presence, right? So I can take control of a situation and make decisions is a command. Um, I, I like to take charge, which is very much so like me. Um, and then also when my opinion is formed, I like to share it with others. So once I have a goal set, like I'm restless with, with aligning it with others and making sure that other people are ready to, to do it. Um, I don't mind confrontation because I do believe that that's like a step towards salute, uh, resolution. Um, yeah. And then what, what was that? That was three. My next one was communication, which communication and the funny thing is I studied communication, <laughs> but I find it easy to put my thoughts into words. Um, so a good conversationalist, right? I like to present. I'm energized by words and, and just uh, vivid and exciting words. And I love storytelling, which I call myself a storyteller, um, which is one of the reasons why I started the podcast was just to share stories and kind of just talk through. So I definitely love communication. My last one is maximizer as a maximizer i i thought it was activator oh you said activator sorry yeah as a maximizer i like to focus to um i stimulate personal and group excellence so i seek to transform some people some things and just make it amazing so from great to like better right so i maximize people's strengths i like to call out people's strengths and, and help them um just be better within themselves. Not that they're not already great, right? These are people who are already great and I just see greatness in them. And then I just try to live along them and help them come up to excellence. Um, I, I love, again, taking steps and being able to follow steps and then seeing a completion of something. So all of mine were influencing. When I was in college, I remember there was a thing of like most people, 
Um, and Kim, you're also, if I remember correctly, all in one theme, but most people have themes throughout the board there, I guess, supposedly very few people stay in one, like one specific mm -hmm. theme. Now you technically can have all of these. They, they show you your top five. Those are like who you are innate in your heart within yourself. But there's your 34, mind. but there's 34 that you, you have all 34 within whether some are stronger than others. And so mine just happened to all be within influencing, which, you know, Obama was an influencer. Oprah Winfrey is an influencer. So, you know, I'm like at their level. Okay, relax. <laughs> so <laughs> I was with you till you went there. Um, <laughs> no, I always used to joke. I'd be like, no, you're going to be like this public speaker. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. I, I still think all I the am. Time. My life isn't um, over yet. I didn't say it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I, I wasn't saying that you were. I'm, I'm just saying that's what, like, I see. Um, but I, I just found this test super interesting because even, like, right now we're just giving you guys, like, the, the top five because they say that's your core. That's who you are. Um, but if you go further into, like, the insight reports and um, the breakdowns of things, it's almost eerily creepy how on point it is with certain things. Um, even, like, I, I mentioned a Naime um, about my strengths one of them had said like you love and or you enjoy um watching talking about and doing things sports related I, I don't remember answering any sports questions to be so honest with you so I thought that was <laughs> very strange but whatever um but my top five were um four out of five of them were under one category, which again, what Naime said, apparently that's kind of rare. You're supposed to, not supposed to be, but most people are like all over the board. Um, so there's executing, there's influencing, there's relationship building, and then there's strategic thinking. Um, and my four out of five of them all fell under relationship building. And my fifth one, which actually technically falls under, um, under executing, it's still technically a relationship building thing. But anyway, so my top five, number one was includer. Um, so someone who loves being around people, you're always trying to bring people in. Um, you want to make sure that they feel included. Like they, I want to make sure like um, everyone feels like they're on the same playing field. They're on the same path. Um, and just basically a, a a heart for people, which I love everybody. I really do. <laughs> like I be trying to find the good in everybody. Um, it's hard on some, but like there's, I know there's something good about everyone. Uh, second one was adaptability, which I was surprised. I thought that would probably be my first one, um, but adaptability. And it's pretty much just, I go with the flow. Um, that's honestly like the description. <laughs> you just, you go with the flow. You're not really thrown off by things that aren't in order um third one was positivity just trying to be positive um which again that kind of goes with the word I don't really need to go into depth with that but I thought it was funny because it was like your comedic wit and I was like see Naime I told you I was somewhat funny no okay but I do love to laugh so I thought that was cool and then my fourth one um was belief um, and it's basically like my core values are who I am. Like I'm not wavering for anybody pretty much like what I believe is what I believe, um, which definitely makes sense. Um, and then it said um, that like I 
should be on like the board of of different things and I thought it was funny because I was like oh I'm on like three boards of something so like it just knew you Uh, (laughs) but then my last one was developer and it was just basically like um, helping develop other people helping encourage them um, telling them what they're good at um, pretty much hyping them up be a good hype man what I found interesting that each one of our core strengths always comes with a weakness to it so not all of these are like I mean, they are great because you can utilize them, right? There's a reason they're your top five. There's strengths. In, I mean, that's There's strengths and weakness in everything. With- right, right. So, but this particularly, like, they point out what the weaknesses are to each individual thing. And I thought that was cool. So it teaches you, like, how you can work on those things. So, like, just for instance, like, with the adaptability, if I'm too flexible, people might assume, like, oh, I can get over on her. Or, oh, she could be a doormat. You know what I'm saying? Um, for example, if yours, what, what was one of them? Command. If somebody doesn't take um, leadership well, they not be, they might not, like, um, appreciate your, your assertiveness, if that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? Like, if you're like, hey, we're ready to go. Let's move. Let's go. And they're like, uh, I don't like taking direction. So there's, I just thought it was cool that they can point out different um like weaknesses in it as well but yes so just wanted to bring that up uh because i know our last segment was the get to know us and so i thought it was fun uh, just to share with the people what our our core strengths are any thoughts comments concerns (laughs) i challenge you if you haven't ever done it do it um it's online you can, it does cost money because it comes with a book. And like I said, I had to do a class, but my company paid for it. So, I mean, if you got a company out there, present it to your boss, see if they'll pay. Uh, <laughs> it'll help you with, with your work. So it's both for work and social. Um, but moving on into the main point of Wait, today's... no, hold on. So okay. we've done this, um, see, we've done this before. We just haven't done this one, but we've done the... Um, 16 personalities we've done it with me mm-hmm. leslie and kim which though that is free and it's it's very similar to this it is a little different but it's also very similar but that will tell you your personality type and those are like analysts diplomats sentinels explorers and so on and so forth anyways um that is a free test it's i i say it's just as good as the other thing so if you're interested you can do that i'll link them both on our show notes bam, bam, bam. Excellent. <laughs> um, so the next section and the last section of today's show is, I don't know about you. It's, it's not the last but, section. How are you just going to assume I ain't got nothing for the people? Oh, Lord Jesus. Flexibility. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways positivity see there i go look i ain't gonna let you disrupt my joy um (laughs) of course i would ask if you have something else naime but anyways so i don't know if you have been watching um television for the folks out there or you naime but there have been a lot of documentaries that have been coming out i would say more so in the last five years than ever before personally um, or maybe I just didn't watch them before, but there's like a ton of documentaries. There's documentaries on just about 
everything. And most of them is like the rise and fall of something, like companies, <laughs> like if you notice. <laughs> like there's so many, especially like if it has to do with people like the the Epstein or if you're looking at, um, there's Martha Stewart ones out there. There's just a whole bunch. Anyways, so I uh, saw a trailer for one that had to deal with um, the medical system and how Black women um, are are more likely um, to die giving childbirth um, than any other race um, within the world. And I just thought that was so crazy. And normally, as Naime knows, I, I can't handle anything bloody, any anything, any bodily fluids. I avoid it. Um, so I was the fact that this intrigued me was kind of surprising to me um so i challenged us both to to sit and watch the documentary um it follows the story of um a, a, about four women four women um two of them their partners are telling their story um of, of how they were neglected within the hospital how they were neglected by doctors um how their care just wasn't up to to standard practice that they would use for everyone. Um, and then they followed one story, which I thought was so beautiful to even out um, of a woman who was going through the birthing process right then, right there, um, and how she did it a different way. Um, so I wanted to find out from Naime, one, in three words, and then I'll, I'll have you explain it, but three words, but how would you describe this documentary? Um, good. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. I, I, um, yeah, good. Uh, truth telling. Okay. Polarizing. Okay. Very good. Now I like my first initial reaction, the word that came to me foremost was traumatic and which we, we we talk about this all the time like we're I'm like giving birth is not like this simple thing we we make it seem like oh well woman had a baby like eh, it's okay like cool people do it every day but it's really really traumatic when you think about it like you are carrying a whole human life within you for 10 months and then you're pushing this child out of like it's it's very traumatic on both the body on both the mom and the baby and it's just it's just very intense so my my first word would be traumatic um but I would also say healing there was a lot of healing um that was shown within the documentary um and how people handle their own healing um how how they get through through different thing and then my third word would be community because you see a community gathering together. And like, as, as we always talk about, we say like two are better than one, right? Bible says that we're, we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to gather together. We're meant to be in community. Um, so that's, those are the three words that I would describe. I, what I did appreciate is the space they gave the husbands or boyfriends, the partners, whoever was that was left after the women had passed who were caring mm -hmm. for the babies, the, the space they gave, they gave them, um, they had groups, right, where they can meet yes. up and talk. And, and I think that's important, especially just with men, right? We know that, like, 
friendships in general, you, you really need to have people to rely on when things get mm-hmm. tough, when things are good, when things are bad. But for men specifically, like these men were crying together and they yep. just allowed and gave them space. So no one was judging them for crying or feeling any type of way about the situation. I like that. It was so beautiful. The amount of times that I cried during this <laughs> documentary. Did you did you cry at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was a big blubbering baby just because one, and it made me start thinking about because you're always talking about abolition, um, it, but in reference to like the justice system, but the idea is community coming together, right? Mm-hmm. Helping one another out. And so I just thought it was so incredibly beautiful. And I got chills when I saw that there was this group of men when they just sat together and they're all telling their stories. And like you said, they're allowing each other the space to cry. They're allowing each other the space to say their name. They're, they're, they're giving this um, time where it's like, you don't have to just buck up your shoulders. Like I'm good and keep moving on with life. Like, no, you lost your partner, the love of your life, the, the mother of your children, like let it out kind of a thing. Um, and then I, I really appreciated that, they were all so well-spoken. Um, the mother of, I believe it was uh, Shamani, Shamani Gibson, her mother was this eloquent speaker and she was just so powerful in her conviction and what she was talk and her speeches that she was giving. It was just so powerful. Um, and, and we'll get to like the systemic racism and all of that but I wanted to focus on the good parts of of the documentary first and like I said that to me was just seeing the community of even both of these fans like um they didn't even know each other at first and so um one of the the men who who lost their their partner they 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 are a painter so they created this painting for this other man like and it was just so heartwarming it was heartwarming. It was beautiful. And it just shows we are better together than apart. And we could do so much more if we work together. Mm. Now, on to the content within the documentary that brought the documentary to where it is. Naime, what was your biggest shock value? Um and there had to be at least one thing you didn't know. I know you said it like you researched and you read about different things like that. But one thing that you learned that you did not know from the documentary. Um, I mean, the stats, I knew they were high. I just didn't know the actual stats. So the numbers were new. But just the, the names. You know, I didn't know Shamani. I, I didn't know the, the women's names. I know this is a thing. This is, I think we've talked about this before. And mm-hmm. I'll actually look for this podcast, the episode, because we talked about it vaguely on another episode. I'll look for it and link that in. But yeah, just really the names and the stats. I think, oh, and the other part, the C-sections. I did not know that. I did not know that it's actually cheaper to get a C-section. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper for us. It's it's cheaper for the, the, the families. But the insurance pays more but also the hospital is given money which Mm -hmm. i did not know the hospital gets higher amount of money if it's a actual surgery so birthing vaginal birthing they do not consider that a surgery Mm -hmm. but it is a surgery you have a c-section and my mom had three c-sections i have Mm. friends who have c-sections and i i've never 
asked, is it because you couldn't push or is it just because there was impatience and they didn't want mm-hmm. you to push? It was take like I, I've never asked that. But after this, it's 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 interesting to know. I do know this for sure that I have always had a problem with birthing in a hospital personally. And if I were to have children, I would not birth in a hospital. Um, they also brought up birthing centers, which I think is great because Arizona specifically has plenty. We have a, quite a few in the East Valley. We have ca- quite a few in, in downtown Phoenix. So it's just really knowing and understanding your resources and knowing and understanding your options. But I would do, yes. I would do a midwife. I would do a doula. I would not. I personally, if I were to ever have children, I do not want to be in the hospital. And I've always said that I would love to do a home birth, but even in a birthing center is fine with me, but I do not. And I would, I want a midwife and a doula. So my husband, wherever you are out there, I'm getting a (laughs) midwife and I'm getting a doula. And you pay for it all. So that you are paying for it. So what I did not know, because again, you had mentioned, like we have talked about this before. So we knew the numbers were high, but the statistics, when you actually hear them, they do something to you. It's like, wait, what's really Especially going on compared here? to other countries. Right. Like it's, it's literally like, what is going on here? But I want to just real quick piggyback because I'm going to get back to my, my point or this, the thing that caught my attention. But you saying the birthing centers, the fact that insurance doesn't pay for a lot yeah. of these. No, insurance doesn't. My, no no my, insurance covers it at all. Insurance doesn't cover them. My mine unless you have a progressive insurance which it's so crazy um but for me the thing that stood out was um and you and you did say the part that the the cost of a c-section is is less than the cost of uh, a vaginal delivery for the hospital though it's cheaper for them like for staffing for um Mm -hmm. like materials all of that and and for the person it's it's quote-unquote less expensive like and, I'm, my, my insurance covers it more than they would have vaginal. Right. It says the shorter the labor is, the less the, yes. it will cost, which yeah. their, their whole goal is in and out. Let's get them. We need this bed. And that's usually the hospital with anything, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to limit their costs on, on labor as an actual physical labor, um, people working and whatnot. Um, and then, they, I thought this was crazy. The fact that they have um, like surgery rooms right next to the birthing area. Did you catch that when they said that? Yeah. In most hosp- hospitals. And I'm like, so you guys are planning on automatically well, I think, doing a C-section think, or is it just in case? That's the one I wasn't too sure about. Well, I mean, no, they, they do hope for C-section, right? But I also think... Because it's also just supposedly easier on the doctor, right? Like, I can just cut you up and take out this baby versus trying to talk you into pushing. But I, I think it does have a lot to do um, with how they're – excuse me, sorry – with how doctors are curr- and nursing staff are currently being trained where I don't think that they're just – I don't think they're trained like they once were and, and, and I mean realistically too there was a point where women it was midwives it was all women mm-hmm. in a birthing room there were no men until when until when I may tell the people let them know what happened <laughs> um well I'm not exactly sure but what do you I, mean what do you mean what do I mean you know what happened oh what I was telling you yes oh okay <laughs> I was like I didn't know if there was something specific well just in general um 
well, patriarchy. Men just wanted to be in spaces, more doctors, more men became like birthing doctors. But then also it, it just, it just shifted to that right during after World War II and when men came back from war and they needed spaces to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it, it became a thing where like men just were trusted more. Mm-hmm. I would also like to point out back, back, back in the day. So midwives were th- are a thing in every culture, every single mm-hmm. possible race, ethnicity, culture. It's a thing. Women were the ones who were helping other women birth because guess what? Women know women. <laughs> so we know <laughs> how to handle it. So I thought it was, I thought it was very, very interesting when they, they said that um, especially back when slaves used to be the main midwives. So they would not only birth slave children, they would birth um, the, the white, the, 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 the masters, masters, children, the master's children as well, which that was their job. That literally was their job. Just like they had people out in the cotton fields. They had people inside the home. That was their job to deliver these children um, until somebody one day decided, you know what? This this seems like it's, it's going to make a profit at some point. So, you know what? We're going we're gonna to switch this up a little bit. And I think it was George Wa- – I think they said George Washington's um, midwife got paid. Yeah. Is she was the one who got paid. Um, and then it became like a thing. Like, I guess guys were like, well, I guess we could do this. We could kind of do this too. And then so they were going around basically spreading propaganda. Like, black midwives were dirty. Um, don't trust them. They were getting people's um, credentials, like, slammed. Like, it was just a whole thing, um, which I thought was interesting. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and then, as you know, it did turn into one of the biggest professions in the mm-hmm. in the world right now. They get paid a lot to do what they do. And what you said, um, just in the idea of training, um, I have, my mother, she works as a nurse and um, she's done it for over 40 years. And she doesn't work in, in that sector of the hospital, but she said, like, she's noticed as the years progress, everything has turned a lot more away from, like, human interaction to more technological. Yes. So, which, so I mean, which they have computers telling you or recommending whether someone should have a C-section or not. They have computers recommending whether or not someone should um, get an epidural. Like, they do it based off you enter their their race or ethnicity or yeah. um, that blew my mind. Which the, the documentary mentioned. Another thing, um, again, and this, again, has to do with patriarchy, right? That idea that that for the longest time, women were considered midwives. They, they couldn't be, which is why we have that word midwife, right? They couldn't be doctors. So when they were delivering babies, they were midwives. And then really all it came to is men being like, at the during the 20th century right men being like we know better we know more let's mm-hmm. bring them into the hospitals and then more hospitals started to become a thing but then also this is during also during the time when anesthesia started to be used and so mm-hmm. more women wanted pain-free childbirths and the midwife couldn't didn't have access to anesthesia but the men in the hospitals did which is another reason why mm-hmm. um but even how we give birth, right? The lying on the back with our legs spread, like that's not a good way to actually give birth. That actually makes it more difficult for the baby and the mother. So it's like just all in all the practices we use um, overall, but definitely 
specifically in the United States of America is just a little messy and needs to be challenged and changed. I think the biggest thing, though, is unfortunately the way our system works, which is under white supremacy, in order for anything to be changed, you have to have a good amount of white people involved and invest it in being like, oh, there's an issue. And so if we continue to tell these stories, more people can be like, huh. Because realistically, like who's who's in leadership at these hospitals? Mm-hmm. Who's in those spaces? Not, not, you know, there may be one black person, but even then, do they have a, a voting a option? Mm-hmm. Do they, you know, so it's like white people are still the majority. And so they they really need to be involved in these conversations. But if we're not telling these stories and they don't know they're true, because it's not like they're all a part of this community, right? Like they're not. So, so they don't know. Um, yeah. So that's important to continue to push these stories out. Yeah. And I appreciated there was um, a Harvard. Well, he's a doctor as well, but um, <coughs> excuse me. He was a professor at Harvard who brought in his class and had um, the, the partner um, of, Amber of Amber Rose Isaac um, come and tell his story, like of what happened to his, his girl. Um, and they were just all in tears. Mm-hmm. They, and it brought back that human side of us, that humanity side. Like you're usually, and granted, I'm not a nurse, so I don't know, but I have a lot of nurse friends. So I'm assuming you go into nursing because you want to help people, right? Like there's a humanistic side. I mean, of, not of ever. That, right? I know quite a few people who went just for money. They could care less mm. about the people. I know quite That's a few people. It's really unfortunate. Well, hopefully one day. I mean, that doesn't back. mean they're not good at what they do. That just means I, I want to. But it brings the, the humanistic approach. Like, I just thought it was beautiful that he brought in his class. Because, again, what you said, if certain people aren't invited into certain places and you don't have a seat at the table, if you're another race and you can speak up for something that you see that's not right, you should do so. Right. And so I, I thought that was beautiful that he took the time, he saw the stats and he thought it was alarming. He was like, something needs to be done. So I'm going to team with these people. Um, and, and I just love the idea that they um, were e- even encouraging building up more facilities for areas that didn't have um, birthing centers as yeah. an option. And the, the idea that, that doctors have on black women um, natives, even even Latinos, and I'm talking about people who present, right? People who look this way. Um, it's it's all from these old theories and thoughts that just have continued to be pushed through medicine. We still talk about mm-hmm. um, the man who is the quote unquote OBGYN, um, the father of OBGYN, right? mm-hmm. and it's like he was a racist man who was evil to his enslaved women. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are these are theories. And again, which is why we go back to this idea of like, just because we are far removed from it doesn't mean it still doesn't perpetrate within our systems. And so in order for things to be changed, we we'd have to reteach things, right? Like you'd have to change it at a college level and then within the programs level. But it's it's a it's a it's a thought it's a thought you know that black women can handle pain their pain mm-hmm. tolerance is is and it's like no that that goes back to to slavery and, and that's yep. not there's no truth to that 
Um, but when we continue to keep these old theories and we believe them as truth and then we act on them, and that's like the biggest thing, right? Being able to believe something, you can make anything truth. It may not be true, but you believe it, you can make it true, right? So you telling yourself like, oh, this woman can tolerate this pain. And it's like, she's screaming, telling you, you can't, but in your head, her screams are different than a white woman's. Like, like, you know, what right. I'm saying? you can make that, you can, it, which you it can was believe noted that, right? It you was noted. They showed that. it. Yeah, he actually put that in one of his books. Like, this woman's screaming out in pain. And he's like, but well, she can handle it. Yes, it's less, yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, everything goes back to slavery. We haven't, unfortunately, we just haven't changed. Our systems are still intact from then. And so it, it's it's crazy. Even from just the insurance part, the part that, you know. And I think that's another thing. Just because we are becoming more techn- technologically advanced does not mean that we should just ignore the, you know, like the, the past of things. And what I mean by the past of things, of the care of a woman, of her having a vaginal um, birth versus like, oh, I have, I have the, I have the scissors. I have the scalpel. Let's go ahead and just cut her open. Like, no, mm-hmm. just because we have the tools doesn't mean that we should use them. And, oh, that was one thing that, oh, that really just bothered me. They said, well, then most of the time they have residents doing mm-hmm. the C-section mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they can learn. They're using yeah, people as guinea pigs pretty much so but, the I resident mean, can learn. Didn't we know that? We did, but when you hear it, it is something different. Like, I think when you see the stats, four times more likely to die in childbirth than any other race, that is a lot. That is a lot. And then when you see the families of these people, especially that, that, that group that they showed um, of the men, just in New York, just in Yonkers, New York, the fact that there were so many of them that had that same story is mind-blowing. I think, and, and this is no no um, indication to you specifically, but just overall, I think we live in a world where it's like, I need proof to know if it's true. Like, we can't just take, because I can promise you there's someone who may have watched this and was like, eh, I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's oh, true. Oh, I'm sure. And so the ratings weren't even that good. Right, 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 right. And it was a it was a great documentary. Like I think yeah. they did very well with it. Um and so, but even to your point of like I I I figured they would do that based off of a lot of hospitals are teaching hospitals, meaning they're still learning, mm-hmm. meaning they are cutting up and doing these things that they've never done before on real people. And so I that that was not surprising to me. Like I said, hearing the numbers, I wasn't um I did not know the numbers for sure. I knew they were some something outlandish. Like I knew that. I didn't know they were I didn't have the real numbers and then um always putting a name to anything just hits it always hits your, you know, your humanity. But that's another part of it, right? Like if these doctors aren't believing people are humans, which mm-hmm. is is another thing that comes from, you know, slavery. This fact of like, black people were commodities at one point, mm-hmm. and so if you even if you've never enslaved no one, you if you even learned about that right, and you still have that in your head, and you that that's why you got to unlearn this stuff. And especially as doctors, you would think you oh, but the other part that was so interesting too is that like. um they talked about how 
white women were just receiving better rooms. And so because they were in better spaces, they like they knew, oh, to give her more care versus a black woman who her room may have looked a little dirty and a little like whatever. And it's like, oh, well, we know to give her less care. Hmm. And it's like even little things like that, the room they're in, like all that can be can really, and, you know, and then, touch someone. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's just systematic. It could be changed. It really, it really can be like if we just treat everybody the same. Like, just everybody have the standard care. But that's, but it, it, that's, it's that's more it. than that. It's more than just treating people the same. Because then, because there's still, there's still poor white women who get treated bad. You know, like, like it's more than just treating people the same. It, it's literally coming it's in. It's treating and, everyone with standard care. The optimal standard care. No, it's what more everyone than everyone should get. What, it's what more than that, it though. It's, there's laws. It's like, like, they're literally using technology, like, it's a belief. Right. right. So it's more than just, oh, let's all treat them the same. But it's it's systems that you treating like, them with the that. quality of what you would treat a white woman. I'm saying treat everyone the same. But white women are still high also caliber. receiving. No, I'm but, talking about the highest of the high. Right. But but what I'm saying, though, is that it's more than that. It's a system. So it's more than just saying, oh, right. we're going to all treat them the same. It's changing laws. It's coming in and then also changing and, and re, redoing um, the technology. It's teaching people more than just, oh, they're all the same, but it's teaching that like this actual thought is no longer a thing. It's also teaching that this was that OBGYN, he may have been the father or whatever, but he was racist. Are we mm-hmm. actually saying that in the schools? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's more mm-hmm. than just the idea of like treat everyone the same. No, because you can treat everyone the same and it still not be, numbers still may not change. Yeah, it's more than just that. It's way more than that. It's a it's a thought that is stuck in people's minds that needs to be unlearned. And then from there, the system needs to be because if it was also the same, you would have um, insurance would because oh, that's a big yeah. thing, right? Like we give care based off their insurance. Believe me, I know my I have freaking what you call access insurance, and I know the care they've given me because I've had right I've had private insurance i've had public insurance and i've also had access insurance and like i can i know the difference in care mm-hmm. i've I felt that like it's more than just treating everyone the same but okay anything else you would like to add miss kim <laughs> but okay <laughs> no that was pretty much it um i i recommend you go watch it if you have time it's called aftershock uh it's on hulu um yeah, and I encourage you all to watch it. But that was the Kim Takeover. Bow, bow, bow. Well, thanks for taking over. Um, I don't have anything to share or add. So I hope y'all have a great day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you can, please go ahead and leave us a rating. If you listen to Spotify, you can give us a star on there. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave a little review and a star. That helps other people have access to our podcast because I think we're pretty dope. Don't you think so, Kim? Peace.